The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple. Um, We have a powerful, powerful show today, setting you up to be able to get some some answers and maybe even have some deeper questions. Today, um, I have the honor of having a a dear friend and brother on the call today. Uh, Some of you all might know of his story from the Netflix uh, movie, Come Sunday. We have on the show today, uh, author, preacher, singer, the Bishop Carlton Pearson. How you doing there, Bishop? Hey, Brother Galen. I'm doing great this morning. Great to talk to you, as always. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, I, you know I'm really excited to have you on the show because, you know, thing, you know, you know, obviously your life was busy before the movie came out, but now, you know, uh, since the Come Sunday movie has um, came on Netflix, the conversation around religion and the and the you know the heaven and the hell and changing your mind about you know <laughs> you know your core fundamentalist beliefs and then the journey you've had since then um, is something that I really want to talk about. But more importantly, where does religion go from here? So uh, before we actually start with uh, some of the deeper questions, one of the things that I do want to uh, asks you first of all is um, what has been your experience of the feedback you've received since the Come Sunday movie came out on Netflix? Well, prior to it, as you know, Galen, it was a lot of um, very, very confrontive and almost combative resistance to the message of radical inclusion or universal salvation or just this whole idea of of uh, expanded consciousness. But since the movie, uh, it's sort of shifted. The energy around the message has shifted to more curiosity and um, interest and positive, happy anticipation of something that's better. I haven't received near the amount of negative uh, feedback or reactions. It's been just a wonderful, uh, interesting, and ongoing uh, curiosity. People want to know if if we really got this thing wrong, and is there a possibility that there's another way of thinking? And you're talking about new thought. This is 
this has really, really been a, a, I wake up every morning like I'm feeling like I'm 30 years old, ready to start all over again instead of 65 coming to have. So I'm happy. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. So um, looking at the, the, the religious landscape for a moment, because, you know, religion in many ways is opening up in ways that it never has before. Uh, people aren't feeling as though they're bound to the religious beliefs of their parents or grandparents, aunts and uncles, their predecessors, and starting mm -hmm. to think for themselves. And um, I wanted to know, you know, far as people reaching out to you about some of these questions, um, have you noticed the freedom that has been um, uh, being st verbally stated on social media, emails, in books, on TV, uh, in ways that we never, we've never seen before? Well, what has been most fascinating to me is I, when my detractors come online and say something, my followers, if not my fans, get on there. And before I can even respond, I never really have to, to defend or explain much because they have done so much research on their own. They're not just expressing opinions or philosophies. These people have done the research. They've really been digging this whole information highway and uh, this, this, the idea that you can go online and, and not go to the library physically. You can just go online and find out the history and the meaning of words and the dates and the people and places. Uh, these folks are studying on their own and they get on there and blow folks away, not just with meanness, because that's not the point, but with making them rethink even their question. And uh, so we're right. not just asking questions, answering questions, we're questioning answers. And I'm, I'm, I've, I've never seen this kind of openness, this kind of new, um, uh, the, the word religion itself means to be bound or to bind, to obligate. Um, so when, when, when I look at it, when you say are, are, are people more, more bound to their, the, the, the religion of their, their ancestors, it's no, they're, they're actually, it's like peeling off layers of, of uh, tradition, traded things, traded down to them over the centuries. And there's a new almost Garden of Eden openness or vulnerability or nakedness. They want to know the truth. It's very powerful. Beautiful, beautiful. So how would you uh, how would you distinguish the differences between religion and spirituality? Well, there's no bondage in spirituality where religion has restraints, regimentations. Uh, um, uh, it's it's like trying to appease an angry God or please a difficult one. Spirituality doesn't see or sense an angry God. Spirituality doesn't see a, a personal God as much as a principle of divinity or divine mind or divine intelligence or science. And they, they, they don't, spiritual people don't have the dogma and a lot of the doctrines that have restrained and limited the human spirit over the last several millennia. And it's a new kind of, uh, openness, a new kind of uh, uh, um, curiosity, adventurism. It's a big yes, where, where religion has a lot of no's. Spirituality has a lot of yes, and yes is a much more interesting, adventurous term than no, which is a boring term. <laughs> yeah. So, really, yeah. And, and this is, it's not just the millennials, it's people my age that are, have had these questions for decades, but have been afraid to ask them. Now I got people coming on saying, man, thank you. I thought I was losing my mind or I thought I was the only one crazy. Now you let me know that I'm not crazy. I haven't lost my mind, but these are valid, legitimate questions.
Yes, yes. You know, uh, as you were mentioning that, uh, a young man's face popped in my head um, some years ago when you were functioning in the interim uh, pastor capacity at CUT. Uh, we, mm-hmm. I, I went downtown with you to a conference, and it was uh, some people that were curious. And it was a young man that was there. I, don't know, uh, I remember telling you about him later. Uh, where he said that his he he snuck he was a college student he snuck to come see you with his best friend and his family oh, didn't yeah. know that he was coming because he has he had to hide uh, the gospel of inclusion and um, God book. is not a Christian he had to hide it in his room because his mo- he didn't want his mother to find the books because they said that he told me that. His family were hardcore Pentecostalists. Pentecostal. Pentecostal, yeah. And Mm -hmm. if they found out that they were, he was associated with you, or even reading anything you wrote, they will put him out. And I remember saying that as as a parent, it it jolted me. I said, "Wait a minute!" And I and I remember saying, "Your parents will put you out just for reading his book." And he said, yes, nobody in my family knows I'm here. That's why I asked my friend to come with me. And I swore him in silence. And, you know, and, and that's the binding that you're talking about. OK, people, pe- people will allow religion. Before so literally, yeah, before family. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's any religion. You know, if you, you can be excommunicated from like if you marry outside to some traditional Orthodox Jews, if you marry outside marry a gentile or marry outside the jewish religion you are literally forsaken by same with islam the islamic families the traditional orthodox islam has been over the centuries if you marry outside of islam your family disowns you you lose any inheritance same with certain aspects of catholicism if you even go to a protestant church uh you're considered uh, anathema and so religion has been fear-based and faith biased for centuries and the, a new awakening is saying, I, I'm shaking these chains off. I, it's slavery. It's being held hostage mentally. Um, older people who've been in it so long are now saying, you know, I've had these questions for years. For the first time in my life, I feel bold or emboldened to ask them and then to make different decisions. So this is, a, this is really a, an awakening that's occurring right now, globally. Yes, I can see it. Reason. I can literally see it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, so here's the million dollar question because this is what people ask me because they know I know you after they watch the mm-hmm. Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does Bishop Pearson view Jesus now? Jesus is my friend, my teacher, my, as we would say, the way shore. He's my example. I saw him go through what I've read about Jesus in scripture shows him going through the resistance to his religion and by his religion that I've gone through mine. And he's been my example. In fact, I don't know that I would have had the courage uh, to consider uh, the, 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 the resistance and rejection and vinegar, vinegration and denigration that I've, that I've experienced if I didn't have him as my example. So he's still my, I, I believe in Jesus not because I, um, I'm afraid of hell, I believe in Jesus because I want to. Uh, Many people say, well, if we don't have hell, uh, why do we need Jesus? And I say, is Jesus anything more to you than a fire escape? Do you not love his teachings? 
his miracles, his compassion for others, his feeding of the poor, his social and and what I like to call a sacred activism, that he was a humanitarian as well as a spiritual leader and teacher. Uh, most, most fundamentalists have this one idea that Jesus is their Lord and Savior, saving them from hell and or the God who created hell. And I say to my friends uh, very often, do we need Jesus to protect us from God? And they go, oh, whoa, what you mean, man? I said, what I said, do you need Jesus to protect you from God? And so they'll say, Bishop, are you telling me I can do anything I want to do and still make it to heaven? And I always say, well, let's start with what you want to do. Tell, tell me what you want to do and why you're not doing it. <laughs> and, uh, That's the loaded question that, right there. Yeah, it cuts it all right. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't talking. I ain't got nothing to say to you. I said, I bet you don't have anything to say because what you want to do is kill somebody, cut somebody, cut somebody. <laughs> exactly. And the thing about it is they're being inauthentic and they feel of as though if they're yeah. authentic, then they will lose their spirituality instead of mm-hmm. let me find out what's driving me. What are the beliefs that are really driving yeah. my behavior? And, you know, mm-hmm. I have this new statement I've been saying at church lately. What, you know, whatever you uh, suppress will either explode or corrode. Mm-hmm. And. You know, because, you know, we we hold it down, we hold it down. And sooner or later, it has to explode on somebody or sure. it turns into an internal poison on our minds yep. and bodies. People are walking around with yep. stress in their cells and, and and and, you know, many what we would call diseases are 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 what stress are the destruction of cells. And we say that the intelligence and substance in life of God is in each individual cell and each se- and we have 40 trillion cells and our mind state can affect how it shows up. Mm-hmm. And we don't think that we're walking around like time bombs is not going to show up as some type of dis-ease in the body. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, true. so, so, uh, you know, sometimes religious people are so tight uh, because they're bound by their beliefs. So they don't recognize mm-hmm. that Jesus was free. And because Jesus was free, he was allowed to self-express in a way that was harmonious to life. So, um, uh, Bishop, I do want to give people an opportunity to ask questions if they want to. Um, you can call in at 816, I believe it's 251-3555, uh, 816. Uh, let me double check that number now because it used to be a different number, Bishop, in my subconscious mind. Just wants it mm-hmm. to be the old number again. <laughs> no I'm, matter I'm what. <laughs> it's like, no, you're going to be the old number. I don't care what yeah. you say. <laughs> that's, what religion, that's what religion says. You're going to be the yeah. old number. Again. <laughs> <laughs> think what you want to think. But yeah, mm-hmm. but yes, it's 816 816-251-3555. 816-251-3555. Uh, call in and ask the bishop a question. So, uh, uh, Bishop, uh, another question I think is really important when it comes to um, the, you know, the the transition of of uh, of where you were originally as a as a as a fundamentalist Pentecostal minister to mm-hmm. you know stepping into the realm of new thought and universalism and, and as you would say radical inclusion and. And, you know, and I would say to a certain extent beyond definition, because, you know, you're being you in a real way. Sure. Um, sure. How has that process 
shifted um, how you interact with uh, the traditions of 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 your original fundamentalist Pentecostal um, uh, um, basics or foundation because you know it doesn't necessarily go away. It might morph, but it doesn't go away. How, how did how did you transition it? Well, it was not it was not quick. In fact, I probably would not have transitioned uh, so much if if um, I hadn't have had so much pushback and and resistance from the fundamentalist group. They pushed me into studying more, explaining more, digging more deeply, excavating, interrogating, and investigating. And so it it, it basically pushed me out of the tradition, just because I was busy searching and looking for uh, more clarification. For what I not only was believing anew, but what I believed in in in, in of, of the tradition, I studied both of them, and I compared them, and they they didn't really compete as much as they completed. I think my my past beliefs have informed, particularly my Pentecostal transcendence has informed my expanded consciousness. Now, because I've the metaphysical part is just another word of saying spirituality that you pass the physical. Uh, a linear uh, uh, level and gone to this more more um, uh, revolving and cyclical uh, consciousness that uh, of things that uh, that we call ancient wisdom is basically new thought or new thought is ancient wisdom. Nothing's really new under the sun. We're just recovering, and I no longer consider myself a teacher as much as a reminder of people of what they already know and have forgotten because they've gone through some kind of spiritual amnesia. I think the whole human species has. And religion has been part of that amnesia. That amnesia. So we're, we're throwing that off. And I look at uh, my fundamentalist friends and I see a lot of the teaching has, has caused a kind of psychosis in them and, and uh, a mental illness. Some of these people, uh, they mean well, but they're, they're, they're so out of touch with reality. And um, I have loved ones and family members and people that I've taught and walked with and worked with for 50 years that are, they're like they're clones and almost clowns stuck in a certain mindset and stagnating. And the churches are emptying out. The, the anger and the distrust is there. The disenchantment, the disillusionment is there. And so I see those teachings as detrimental not enlightening, not illuminating, not freeing or liberating. So I'm, I, sometimes I sound harsh, but I do what Jesus did when he said in Matthew chapter five, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, but I say. He was actually quoting the, the 10 commandments, but never identified them as such. He just said, you've heard it was said, not even read, it was said, he's talking about oral tradition. You've heard that it was said to the people, he's talking thousands of years ago, but here's what I say. The, the, the tradition says thou shalt not kill. I say, if you hate your brother, the tradition says thou shalt not commit adultery. I say, if you look lustfully on a woman. Now, what he's saying is, and he's not talking about legalism. He's saying, if your spirit is impure or inaccurate, that's where you miss the point. It's not a, a moral code or a bunch of laws and legalistic approaches. It's what's in your heart. He was trying to get them out of the letter into, uh, or, or the law into love, and the right. self-loathing to self-loving. So, I I uh, understand that practice doesn't just make perfect; it can make permanent. 
And we uh-huh. I practiced a certain thing for a long time. And the people that I grew up with have practiced it a long time. It is the permanent fear-based consciousness, but the other part is free-based. <laughs> and yeah. you decide which one so, you're going to allow to rule your life. Yeah, so I have two callers. Um, let me, I want to get one before, the, at least one before the break. We have to take a break at 1029. So I have Donald on the line. Donald, if um, are you connected? Donald, are you there? Say that again now? Oh, Hit the oh okay. Oh, I asked him that I had to do. Okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, um, how you doing, Bishop Pearson? Um, I'm, my- I'm doing good, Donald. Excellent. Uh, my question is, as you go about delivering your message, what is the foundation or the doctrine or what you hope when, say, even today, new listeners are hearing? What, what, what message would you like them to walk away knowing? What is that one piece that, if nothing else, you hope that they uh, understand or, or the message that uh, the foundational message that you have? What, if you can do that. I, I... I call it self-actualization, that the closest to God any of us may ever get is personal self-realization, that you discover your own divine nature, bridging it to your divinity to your humanity, and that you will experience your best self and your best service, your best expression when you have your best experience of yourself. Um, it, it sounds a little self-centered, but I believe if we're created, as many people believe in the image and likeness of divinity or God, that getting to know who we are, our, 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 what I, when I say self-actualization, that's being actually, factually, functionally, punctually you, your, your essence, your essential, not your, that's your permanent rather than your accidental self, your immediate, immortal, uh, immutable, uh, immeasurable self. That's the divinity in you expressing. That's the infinity in you expressing itself. And so sort of looking for God outside, uh, you know, as, as Reverend Ike would say, pie in the, in the sky by and by, look at the amazing, magnificent creation and creativeness that you are. And that, to me, is the, the born-again experience. Thank you so much, and have a blessed day, Bishop. Yes, thank, yes, thank you, thank Donald, you. for calling in. Great question. Uh, Bishop, we have another caller named Stanley. I'm about to bring him on. Stanley, are you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Hi, Stanley. Do you have a question for Bishop? Yeah. Um, so earlier you guys were talking about uh, the idea of Christianity. And uh, the bishop said that he felt that uh, Christianity is a religion of fear, but then he no longer uh, believes in Jesus because of fear. He actually now believes in Jesus because he wants to. So my question is, what if you don't want to? What if you don't want to believe in Jesus? Is that a, an issue or a problem? No, it isn't. Um, I, it's more important uh, to believe in yourself, and I think that's what Jesus would have taught and basically did teach. He wasn't always ever pointing to himself. In fact, when somebody said, good master, what must I do to have eternal life? He stopped them right away and said, wait a minute, well, who are you calling good? Why are you calling me good? Uh, there's only one good and who is good. Now, now, remember, Jesus was a Jew, and he was only 33 and a half years when he died. So he, had, he, he, he uh, uh, developed you know, the, the kind of thinking that he may have had he lived till he was in his 60s. But he was a freshly re, uh, elevated consciousness. His conscience was freshly elevated, and he was identifying mostly to the Jewish people 
who were who were following him in Jerusalem. There were Gentiles there, but his prominent fo- primary following were Jewish people who understood a Jewish perception of God. And so his questions and answers were around those mentalities. Uh, he was a man, and his favorite title for himself was Son of Man, not Son of God. According to the scripture, he was first referred to as Son of God in the wilderness temptation by what would have been uh, considered then the adversary or Satan, uh, the, the opposer. So that's, if you be the son of God, command these stones. So, but his favorite title was uh, son of man. In fact, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? And they believed that he was the reincarnation of John the Baptist or Isaiah or Jeremiah. Evidently the Jews believed in the reincarnation. And then, then he said to his disciples more directly, who do you say I am? There's a difference in who they say the son of man is and who you who are closest to me say I am. I'm in the I am uh, posture with Jesus. Because when I say who I am, that's my own, my um, man, my um, I am. Uh, those are sounds and vibrations that really change the energy uh, of your consciousness. Okay. Um, so, do I have time for a follow-up question here? As long yes, as it's sir. quick and it's and we can do all of this in one minute. One minute. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, so based, based on um, what you just said, it sounds like uh, your belief is that you do not have to believe in Jesus in order to have uh, a connection or relationship to God. Well, many, yes, sir, I do believe that because many people had relationships with God before Jesus, um, according to, the, to your, your Bible, which is full of prophets and leaders and kings from the Old Testament who seem to have had a relationship and that none of the disciples were born again in the sense that we make evangelical Christians uh, confess things today. Um, but they followed him for three and a half years and he never asked them to be born again. Nicodemus, he said, after Nicodemus asked him, uh, came to him and said, we know that you're a prophet sent from God or a teacher sent from God, because nobody could do these miracles. That's when Jesus looked at him and said, you must be born again, which means you must have had an awakening. The word again in Greek is anothen. The English word is another, the, 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 the other or ether. In other words, he was saying, Nicodemus, you must have had some kind of transcendent awakening or you wouldn't have identified me as as you have what's happened to you and nicodemus didn't even know what that meant he had actually had an awakening but he didn't know the terminology there's a lot of people who are not christians who have been born again who have had an awakening an ethereal transcendent experience with divinity with their divine selves but what jesus would never have wanted us to make a religion out of his title because Christ is in his name, it's his title. Jesus is his name, which is Joshua in Hebrew. So if I came so, to you and said, I... Uh, Bishop, I, I, we, I, I was going to say, Bishop, if you can pin the thought for a moment. Stanley, I'm going to let him finish the call. If you want to stay on the call, um, on, no, no, we'll I'll be right back. Thanks, I'll keep listening. Thanks. Great, great question, Stanley. Thank you. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Great teachers through the ages have spoken of the importance of our mind and of being master over our thoughts. How often do we forget that we are the ones who decide what thoughts we'll hold and what thoughts we'll reject? The world's great teachers also remind us that our thoughts create our experience. We may not be able to change what is happening in our world, but we can always choose how we will respond to the changing situations of our lives. With a positive attitude, your chance for success in any situation can be greater. That's because a positive attitude will inspire you to look for workable solutions rather than allowing negative thinking to limit your decision-making. This law of life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Daily Word has developed beautiful card decks to support your spiritual journey. One deck is about healing, another is about finding peace in troubled times, and the family cards are two decks, one for parents and one that can be colored on for children, so families can talk about spiritual principles together. The card decks are available from Unity. Go to unity.org, then click on Shop or call 1-800-24-UNITY Monday through Friday. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. Get ready to stretch your thinking and question your beliefs. Tune into Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Monday at 10 a.m. Central on Unity Online Radio. Paul, along with his co-hosts, Rev. Bill and Cher Holton, will challenge your thinking and inspire you to open your mind and look outside the box. Discover Unity's spiritual laws and take a deep dive into the world of metaphysics and apply life-changing concepts today. Tune in Mondays at 10 Central on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I have Bishop Carlton Pearson on the show. He's answering questions. Uh, I wanted to do a real quick commercial. Uh, we have a caller on the line that's waiting, uh, uh, Julie. And then it was a couple of people who called and they were trying to wait through Donald and Stanley's question. So if you are still listening, we want to hear from you. We want you to call back in. So please do. We want to make sure that your 
questions are answered. If you took time out of your busy day to connect with us, we want to make sure that we connect with you. So let me just let you know that this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, go to the Unity Online Radio website at unity.fm. Click on the donate button and help support this online ministry that sends this message all over the world. Uh, also want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. My request is that you go on the page, you like the page, you give it a five-star rating and a positive review. It helps with the algorithms. The show is also <laughs> on iTunes podcast. So you can go to the iTunes podcast, listen and download the shows, take them with you on your mobile devices and or your iTunes, iPhone or iPad or, uh, you know, et cetera, or or iPod, if you still have one of those, and give it a positive review, five-star rating, et cetera, et cetera. And if you have an Android mobile device, you can use the Stitcher app to download the podcast for this show and all the Unity Online radio shows. So, uh, Bishop, before you finish the thought from Stanley, would you mind, we have a couple of callers, and I want to get right to them, and then we can wrap up. The thoughts you had okay. if you want to finish when it comes to okay, Stanley. Sure. Uh, we have Julie mm-hmm. on the line. I'm about to bring her on. Hi, Julie. Are you there? Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. I can hear you. Yes. Hi, you have- Bishop Pearson. Carlton. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I, I have a question. Um, my parents are both ministers. My dad's a unity minister, and my mom's a United Methodist minister. My mom's uh, dream has to has always been to have an inclusive church in um, in the Detroit area, and she's found it challenging um, to bring white folks and black folks together in worship. And mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts um, on things that she or the church could do to help make it a more of a multicultural church. The city that the church is in is multicultural, but the whites go to separate churches. You know, the blacks go to their churches, the whites go to their churches, except for a few exceptions. That's her life goal. Well, that's a great question, and and I get it quite often. We had uh, measurable success here in Tulsa with integration, but but the situation was unique. Geography mm-hmm. or uh, a location, location, location is just like selling real estate. Um, if you are in an area where uh, particularly non-black people are not threatened, their tendency to to mm-hmm. to feel freedom to go to a church is a little easier. Or if it's in a place where, like I started my church in South Tulsa, where very few blacks lived for many years, though there are thousands here now. But when I started the church, it was not. In fact, the city I started it in. My church in had a law on the books that said no blacks could be there past six o'clock in the evening. It wasn't enforced, oh. but it was still on the books. So this town had one of the worst race riots and Amer- the worst race massacre in American history in 1921. So there's a, there was a lot of tension here. But for an African-American to start a church on the south side of Tulsa, which was predominantly white, uh, white people didn't have as much trouble coming. Blacks had to drive distance and coming, but blacks or ethnic people are more accustomed to being the minority or going out of their way to get to a mall or a store or a place where they sell fresh produce in certain mm-hmm. uh, cities of our country. So if, you're, if your mother has a church in an area 
that is mm-hmm. more neutral ge- ge- uh, geographically, uh, more neutral, yeah. where neither uh, any particular ethnic group feels uncomfortable coming, her chances of integration are better. I made sure that I had non-black leadership visible on the stage, even though I was the senior and founding minister, I made yeah. sure that I had associates in ministry who could be seen on the platform working and walking with me so that when people yeah. came in, they knew that the leadership was integrated. Okay. Uh, That's really a great that, point. Thank you. Visuals help. And even female, male, black, white, all that, that's very helpful visually, and it sends a powerful message. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Yeah, I wish I could say more, but I hope that helps a little bit. It Thank really you, does. Thank you so much. Mm, great. Yes, ma'am. Thank Thanks you. for calling. Thank you, Julie. Thank uh-huh. you for calling. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, we're going to we're gonna bring Alan on the call now. Uh, Alan, are you there? <clears throat> yes. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. Hey, Bishop. Um, I'm currently a subscriber to ComeMonday.org, and I enjoy yes, all sir. of your content. Um, I've spent Thank over you. the last three weeks consuming over 10-plus hours of your material. Um, mm. And I'm wondering, will you make your YouTube videos, because you have many of them, available as iTunes Podcasts, and if you didn't have plans to do so, I'm an experienced digital media engineer, and I'm willing to do the work mm-hmm. for you because I want to listen to you while I ride, brother. I really do. You know what? You're, we've been talking about that, and I'll have further conversation with you about it. Uh, leave your number with Galen, and, and we'll get back with you because I, <clears throat> I want to take – I have years and years of podcastable material that's just sitting there, and I could put yeah. it on. I don't, think, I don't think it has a lot of maintenance. You can just people could just hear the teachings, right? Is that what you're alluding to? As you just extract the audio from YouTube and put it right on iTunes, it's, it's easy work to be done, and it's already formatted the way you do it. It's already formatted mm-hmm. for podcast. Wow! Leave your name and number with with uh, with us. Uh, text it or email it to us, and I'll get back in touch with you because that's something we're very interested in doing. Okay, uh, okay Jeff, I'll can you, you um, when Alan, when Alan, hold on for a moment, Alan, with Jeff, when Alan goes offline, instead of him hanging up, could you please get his information and just uh, e- make sure you email me or give me the information in fact, that he, I need, if he's and I'll pass of, it on. If he's part of Come Monday, if he's part of Come Monday, we, we have your information. So contact Jason uh, right away, and I, he just texts me, so I'll call him when we're over, and we'll get in touch with you, buddy. Okay, thank you so much, Bishop. Good speaking to you guys. Keep doing the work. Thanks. Thanks thank for you, calling, George. Very, very, you. very happy to hear from you. All right, thank you. Take care. Yes, sir. So if, so if there's any other callers, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to call in at 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. If you have a question for Bishop Pearson, we want to hear from you. We want to make sure that you have answers, and we want to make sure that you have content. You know, one of the things that um, Alan just told us is that the world is thirsty for the content. You have to be able to make sure that it's available for people, not, uh, you know, yes. whether it's these podcasts, whether it's Bishop Pearson, whether it's, you know, Michael Beckwith or Les Brown or uh, Tony Robbins, et cetera. It doesn't make, you know, mm-hmm. what what matters is people are looking for new answers. And when you give them something and there's to there's so about, much out there. There's right, so much right. out there. So much. Right. You know, so, you know, f- you know, with my own personal transformation was based upon just information. When I first heard uh, my mom's Les Brown tape and it made me think and contemplate, my, who is this guy? Let me sit down and listen to it. And then I heard, I listened to that for a few weeks. Then I listened to Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. And then when I f- heard, first heard uh, uh, the Reverend Johnny Coleman, 
Uh, and and I'll never forget this. And I at Carlton, I still actually have the cassette. It was a lesson she did called God and Man. And she was teaching the core fundamentals of new thought about God and humanity. And uh, and she said something along the lines that blew me away. And this is why I'm bringing this up as a context, because once something makes you start to contemplate deeper, you're hooked. She said she was talking about something happened with them praying to to send someplace to here to another church to add to send some supplies or something. I think it was something to do with a hurricane or whatever. And she said something along the lines of, you know, you know, if 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 you see somebody that's looking kind of funny, stop and realize that God can never do anything to harm himself. Not she used gender terms, but it stopped and paused me because she said, if you have the sufficient consciousness, even if somebody wants to do something to you. If you're in the proper consciousness, when you realize that that you're the divine expression of God and that they're the divine expression of God, that your divinity will create the experience to where Mm -hmm. nothing can happen to you. Sort of like when the people tried to grab Jesus and it says he just went through the crowd. (laughs) They wanted to throw him off the cliff, (laughs) but he went through the crowd. Mm -hmm. I don't know how Mm -hmm. that works, but I don't have to know how it works. I just need to know how to turn the switch on and let the light show up. You know, so I I, I got it. I remember I got shot four times with a 32 caliber revolver, uh, point blank range. Uh, the last night of a revival in Oakland, uh, California, I just come off a 21 day fast. And, uh, I was, this was back almost 40 years ago, but, um, 30 years ago, 35 years ago. And the bullets literally bounced off my chest like rocks and didn't even break the skin. It, it did enter my back, uh, uh, just above the kidney. Uh, and it's still in there, but it never, I only went to emergency because the police officers insisted somebody trying to rob us of the offering, uh, the last night offering. And of course he wasn't going to get that offering. So I got, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but I didn't get, I, I didn't get harmed. You know, it's, it was, uh, it, I, I didn't realize what a miracle it was, but I was in such a zone and such a vein in my spirit that I, and I wasn't even angry. Uh, but the guy did try to rob us, and he tried to. He shot my assistant, uh, uh, my musician, in one arm. It went in one side of her arm and came out the other. And uh, my sound men were next door tearing down the sound. So it was just me and and these two singers, uh, ladies in the parsonage. But it was a miracle that we. There were several times in my life, and because of the consciousness that I was in, and I remain in that, that harm could not consume me. I couldn't be hindered from being who I am and called to be. So that's a very good point that uh, Reverend Coleman was making, and evidently you got it, and others are getting it. We're walking in divine light, and we're we're being guided and guarded by our destiny. Absolutely, absolutely. So I do want to go back and wrap up Stanley's question about do you need to believe in Jesus to have a relationship with God? And you didn't have an opportunity to finish your full thought because you um, kept it on break. I hope he's still listening, but I think he probably already knows this. Uh, but one of the things that Christians miss is that Christianity, uh, the way I understand it, is not about people accepting God or Christ, but about God accepting people because of Christ. That was the purpose of the atonement from a Christian theological standpoint. It was Jesus coming to atone for all sin and sinners. And that's why God accepts everybody, that's universal, God accepts everybody inclusively because of the finished work of the cross. 
Jesus said, it is finished, tetelestai in, in, in Greek, and it means mission accomplished. Uh, it's done. I, I've done what I came here to do, which was to, to redeem humankind. Uh, and he, God, Jesus didn't come to protect us from God, but to reconnect us to God in consciousness. And that was his teaching. They wanted to kill him because they didn't like what he was saying. And Jews didn't kill Jesus. Romans did. But Jews instigated it. And not just all Jews, but the leadership of the traditional church at that time. So a religion has a tendency to kill, but spirituality is about the universe and or God accepting what is created as part of itself. And so those who feel like, you know, you got to accept Jesus, that's not good news. That is not the gospel about you having to do anything. Good news is you are accepted by God because of Christ, whether you believe it or not. The scripture says, what if some don't believe? Does that nullify the will or word of God? No. Just because some don't believe that doesn't make the word of God of non-effect. So it is God's will according. I'm talking Christian legal. It is not God's will that any should be lost, and he works everything, the scripture says, after the counsel of his will. People always say, what, is, what about willpower? You got, free, you got free will. Well, so does God. Does your will overrule and override the creator's will, who says it is not my will that any should be lost and that I work everything after the counsel of my will or that God works everything after everything after the counsel of his will. So it depends on what side you want to believe in. You want to believe in a compassionate God who loves humanity or you believe in one that really doesn't that believe in humanity or care about humanity and that he's going to torture them infinitely in a customized torture chamber. How can hell last forever and mercy endure forever at the same time? One would cancel out the other. I have right. to, to vote for mercy. Yes. You know. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And, you know, the thing about it, from the New Thought perspective, one of the things that's interesting is that's always one of the things that people always say to New Thought ministers. And, you know, um, when I first started coming to CUT, well, you all don't believe, believe in Jesus. And I would tell people, uh, there's a difference between believing in Jesus and believing Jesus. And, mm, <laughs> you know, mm, and, and until you know the distinction, good. you're mm. you're seeking uh, uh, God through someone else, even through mm -hmm. a, a person with an enlightened consciousness of Jesus. You know, um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever read um, this unity minister whose deceased his name is um, James Lewis. He also went by Jim Lewis. And he compared Jesus to Roger Bannister. He said, you know, mm -hmm. Roger Bannister was the first person to run the four minute mile. And, yeah. uh, you know, mm -hmm. before that, people said you couldn't do it. You know, they, you know, they would release lions after people and have them chase them. They still couldn't do it. Man doesn't have the lung capacity, doesn't have the strength, the bone structure, mm -hmm. all these excuses of why mm -hmm. it couldn't be done. And then Roger Bannister mm -hmm. did it. And then the next yeah. year, a few more people did it. And now seventh grade girls are doing it. So what was considered impossible is now mm -hmm. possible for many people because the paradigm mm -hmm. was broken. Jesus, wow. from a new thought perspective, as you know, is 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 the person who came to the realization of of who he was in God and who God was in him, and in that paradigm, mm -hmm. uh, shattered the, the 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 context of humanity that says that we're separate from God. So he was, so yeah. so through through his through his realization and, and some we use resurrection but i'm using a different term through his realization sure. of god mm -hmm. he created mm -hmm. an opening in human consciousness and said follow me 
versus he did something for me and if I don't accept it, I got a toe tag to hell, which is what most people are saying. You know, it's, it's, it's the, you know, and this was actually the next question I was going to ask you because we only got about uh, nine minutes left. Uh, Jesus and the kingdom of God, because I tell people all the time, Jesus's message wasn't about Jesus. Jesus's message, according to scripture, was the kingdom of God. And, and, and then, uh, Paul taught the cross, but the cross was Paul's entry into the kingdom of God. Kingdom so whereas God, Jesus yeah. taught it directly, Paul taught it through the cross as an entry into the kingdom of God. Do you can you elaborate on those thoughts? <clears throat> Dominion or kingdom is the reference to is a reference really to new thought. The dome is the cranial cavity that protects the brain or the seat of reflective consciousness, which is the mind. The king dome is really going into the, the mindset or the energy and intelligence of divine mind or divine thinking. It, so Jesus came to emphasize divine thought, divine mind, divine dimensions, uh, divine dimensions, and, and people want to make it more religious uh his 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 entrance when when he when he says thou art petros but upon this rock petra to peter i will build my church the term he used was for church was ecclesia not curiacos curiacos means assembly or congregation or gathering but ecclesia ec meaning out of clesis means called i build my upon this rock of the revelation of the Christology, the logic of one sent or a sent energy or sent truth or sent man or message is uh, I've upon those who are called, who heard the call and responded. That could be a Krishna, a Buddha, a Yeshua. I think these are all men and there were women, but scripture doesn't name them, history does, who heard a summons from their divine self and they were enlightened whether that was Osiris or Horus or Mithra, uh, there's all these God-type figures or Messiah-type figures throughout history that were, were enlightened, and they had 12 disciples, and they were supposedly born on December 25th. Nobody knows exactly when they were born, but they, they were called sons of God, and they were supposed to have a second return or a second coming. Jesus is one of those, those avatars and one of those enlightened ones or the Buddha. Uh, of our Jesus is our Buddha for our generation, but there was a Buddha before him a thousand years before. So when you look at history and the history of the species and of the human race and the different religious ploys and and plans and uh, imaginations and fantasies, if you will, humans have always looked for another human who deflected or reflected, I should say, the glory of God. Uh, I don't know what's what's going to happen in the next thousand years. We're kind of going, uh, you know, we've come out of the era of Pisces into the era of, uh, of, um, uh, of uh, Aquarius. And so that, that represents light and moisture and water and air and enlightenment. So I think we're going to go from religion to a different kind of mysticism and spirituality that bridges science and spirituality. Notice on the back of the Apple phones and the iPad and the Apple uh, computer, there's, a, there's an Apple with a bite out of it. I don't know what Steve, is it Steve Jobs, what he was thinking when he put the Apple with the bite out of it, but that's, that's the tree of the knowledge and the word knowledge or no means science. 
Science means to know. Conscience, conscience is conscientia, with knowledge. The tree of the science of good and the science of evil. Uh, what we think is evil may not be what divinity thinks is evil, because according to scripture, both were created by God. So uh, there's a science to it, though. There's, there's not necessarily good and bad. There's choices, decisions, actions with con C Quinces. There's a sequence or sequel to whatever you do. And I don't think it's God judging anybody. It's their universal laws. If you eat too much sugar, too much salt, don't get enough rest, don't get enough eggs, the, the consequence could be death, could be a heart attack, could be high blood pressure, could be sugar diabetes. So you smoke too much or, or, or do things outside of covenant based on what your covenant is. Uh, there could be consequences. That's a better way of looking at it than to just see uh, a good God and a bad God that are fighting each other and we're the innocent bystanders or we're caught between this cosmic conflict and it's making us crazy. Yes, That's absolutely. why there's so many mentally, mentally ill people who call themselves religious folk. You know, for people to, to, to vote for the kind of leadership we have in America today and call themselves evangelical, I find that very bothersome because there's nothing about the leadership that reflects the Christ spirit or Christ purpose or Christ person. And yet many people who claim to follow Christ vote for a man that would separate babies from their mothers and, and put would lie on public television like you did last night. I'm, I don't want to get into politics, but I, I think yeah. that because the evangelical church that I served for 50 years is so engaged and involved in this particular administration, uh, I have to just make reference to it. I'm, I'm really, really, really um, concerned about it. You know, well, one of the things when I was at the uh, Tony Robbins seminar uh, last weekend, he ma made a statement that actually um, promotes what you just said about um, certain people who claim themselves to be followers of Jesus, yet will follow a person that does not necessarily re reflect his character. He said mm -hmm. that uh, people will 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 uh, will take actions that that invalidate their values to meet a need and i thought that was, i just i just I, I, it paused me because yeah. you know people have people have individual needs sure but they and claim they to have overriding values but yeah i got you i will i will dismiss my value to meet a need if mm -hmm. i'm not careful mm -hmm. you know so yeah. a person might have a value i'm an honest person I, you know, I'm a person of integrity, but because they don't feel as though they're getting enough affection from their spouse, they might be, end up being in an inappropriate relationship. That's sure, sure. value versus need. Mm -hmm. and, and I think That's to a certain extent what's happening with the religious community, you know, with our, you know in the, I don't want to say just Christian because it's not a Christian thing. It's just what's affecting America is we're, we're seeing a situation where people claim to claim, and I'm saying claim, not have, claim to have. Christian values. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. what's important to me. Yeah. This is what defines what's right and wrong from my Baptist, Pentecostal, Catholic, you know, Church of God in Christ, whatever sure. values. Mm -hmm. yeah. No judgment. Yeah. This is what they believe. Yeah. Yet then and support they, but, someone and they wear it, who doesn't uh, necessarily like a badge believe. And, well, yeah, they're talking about I'm, you know, I'm, I'm family values, and most people who are pro-life, and I am pro-life, and I'm also pro-choice. Most people who are pro-life are also pro-death. They're for the death penalty. They're for capital punishment. 
<laughs> you know, they want to be, and I do care for the unborn, but what about those who are born? Yeah. Just like they yeah. care for the unborn in the body, why don't they care for the quote unquote unborn outside the body, the non-believers or the ones who, you, who evangelicals don't consider born again? They have this double standard and I can speak to it because I'm a bishop, uh, have been a bishop in that group. Now they just call me a son of a bishop, but I'm a bishop in that group <laughs> for years. <laughs> uh, spell it for your, for your audience, dude. But, uh, but I, I still, because I served that group from Oral Roberts and Billy Graham, I have, have wonderful conversation with him all day long. I, could, I don't have time to tell you on this program what, what he said to me, but um, there's a lot that I, that I have invested in that mentality and a lot of my roots are still there. So I can address it not as an outsider, but one yes. who lived at that street address, in that home, that neighborhood, understood where the grocery store or the corner store was and the, and, and the service station. So, I mean, the churches and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm out of that to a certain extent, but I remember the, the maps and the roads and the routes, and I can address it responsibly. We need to reconsider what we believe, why we believe it, and how those beliefs add to or subtract from the quality of our lives. Absolutely. That's the way Absolutely. I see new thought, rethinking, yeah. renewing, yeah, yeah. redoing our thoughts. So, so we, we got to wrap it up because we only have about 20 seconds. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I am going to call you offline because I do want to um, have a sidebar conversation about the Tony Robbins seminar, a little bit more about that information because it was very I love powerful. you, Galen. You're a great, great teacher, great friend. Thank you, thank you, and I feel the same way about you. Tell the family I said hi, like I told you, angels listening. So God bless you. Hi, angel. Love you, angel. You're precious. I'm proud of you. God bless. All the friends tell me to go to comemonday.org. Comemonday.org. That's my new site. Okay, I'll I'll have to put that on. um... Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.